What is going on, everybody? Welcome back to another episode of Two Dudes of Sports News. As always, my name is Garrett. I'm here with my co-host. What it do, what it do. This is Jalen Prince. Jalen, we're back. Uh, we we So for those who have noticed and those who may not have noticed, if you didn't notice, I don't know what to tell you, but if you did notice, we've been gone for like two weeks. Oh, you noticed? Something like that. Well, I've noticed. I know you've noticed. It's like in dodgeball. It's like in dodgeball, you know, you. You think that I thought what you thought that I think what you thought I was once. <laughs> no, I'm gonna be, like, be like the episode when Patrick and SpongeBob went up to space and they thought they were like that they were or like got to a copy. <laughs> like, so, the, so the play, so the aliens made a place that we think they thought when they wouldn't do our thoughts and uh, think we thought. I think. Think they thought. I think. Anyways, we're back. We life's been busy for Jalen and I. We've been taking a little bit of a break, a little mental sanity check. We're coming up on the holidays. Uh, happy holidays to everybody. Uh, may or may not have an episode come out before the holiday starts. But if we don't, happy Hanukkah, Merry Christmas, all, all those fun ones. You know, happy enjoy New your Year. holidays. Happy New Year. Spend time with your loved ones. And let's get into it, man. So Speaking of New Year's. <laughs> I'm sorry. Who re- Remind me. Who who was it out of, out of all the sports podcasts? I know there were two people in particular. Who thought that the Crimson Tide were going to beat the Bulldogs? And I'm fairly certain it was you and me. <laughs> I, I believe you saw a few other like um, right, few other like like podcasts and radio shows that was like pro Alabama, but like anything that was either pro Georgia or just pro Bama hating, like. It was against it was against the nature of what they thought because their initial thought was the dynasty was dead after the performance or what after the loss of Texas, then the performance against South Florida in week three, and the fact that like uh Georgia beat us in the national championship two years ago, people thought the dynasty was dead. And I said like Nick Saban's still drawing breath. We're still recruiting at a high rate and we're gonna keep developing. Not to mention we ain't got Pete Golden or Bill O'Brien in our staff in our locker room anymore, which means we're going to get better, which we had, and we did what we did. This was the revenge tour. And it has been completed to uh, to a certain degree. That get back is an MF. Mm-hmm. This was a get back season and we got it back. There you we go. We got one of our thrones back. That would be the SEC crown. We got that back. I knew it. We was going to get it. Now, oh. I'm going to enjoy a long time of trolling Georgia Bulldog fans for several reasons. Number one, we beat them in the SEC championship and they didn't make the playoffs. We'll get on that a little bit later on. But also, they're about to lose the number one quarterback in the current class to Nebraska. The fact that you got a kid for, like, is that uh, uh, David Raola? Uh, David Raola? Uh, you yeah, got, what about him? Yeah, you got to look him up. Uh, he I might know flip, who he is. Yeah, he might, flip the, he might flip from Georgia to Nebraska. His dad played at Nebraska. He took a visit down there. They treat that job like God. And okay. like, that's just a different story for another day. Okay. But all I'm saying is if that joker flipped from Georgia to Nebraska, uh this joker's gonna choose he's gonna choose corn over down south Georgia food. He's gonna <laughs> choose flat <laughs> over thick. That's all I'm gonna say. I'm gonna leave it. <laughs> he, but look, uh, that'll it, be another L that Georgia's it, gonna have to take uh, go, uh, like just gonna have to fuel to a already lit flame with uh Florida State. So here, here's where I feel. And and the reason why I thought that 
Georgia wouldn't win. You said what? Roll Tide. There you go. The reason why I thought Georgia would win this game is this isn't the same Georgia team we've seen over the last two years. It's not. It's different. The defense isn't as good. The offense hasn't been banging on all cylinders like it has the last few years. They've struggled with teams that they should have beaten. And Bama just wanted it more. And now I Georgia is about to make a statement on Florida State. And oh sure? my. Uh, yeah. Are we sure? Is the you game think- going to be played? It's going to Hold on. Is the game going to get played on the field or in the courtroom? Yeah, okay. For those who don't know, we're, we're going to talk about this real quick. For oh, those, who, for those who don't know, we could have had a twelve-team playoff this year. Yeah, we could have. Do you know the three conferences that were holding up the creation of a twelve-team playoff? ACC, mm-hmm. Big Ten, Pac-12, and they no longer exist in Pac-12. Yes. No. So and this was the Pac-12 best season. <laughs> yes. So what happened after after all this comes out, and then you have Florida State, which I want to I want to be very very clear. Y'all lost a key part of your offense, mm-hmm. and your play calling completely fell apart. Should Jordan Travis win the Heisman? No. Did I tell no. you it will be Jaden Daniels? Yes, I did. I said I agree with you. <laughs> you want a Milrow to win? Huh? You want a Milrow to win? I said no, 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 no. I said if he clears out, runs the table, and beats Georgia, which he did, he should go to New York. Okay, okay, okay. Both he should get the invite. He should go to New okay, York. Okay, okay. Never said win. I no. misunderstood. I was about now, to say the thing that I did also say he had more Heisman moments than Jaden Daniels. Six hundred yards. <laughs> he beat Jaden Daniels, and he had to. And he had to. Dog, he had the best play of the year. He had a play of the year. We'll see. Look, what we did see, Jaden Daniels won. Anyways, not the point. That's a debate for another day. The reason, so the ACC commissioner put out this hit piece or this statement like this, this is an abomination for football. This is an abomination to the sporting world. Florida State not getting. Hold on. What was the statement about? How they didn't make the playoff. The ACC commissioner or, or Florida State AD? The ACC commissioner made a comment because I know the Florida A. I know the Florida State AD said something too. We got to take a chronological order. No, I got it. Because the head coach said something, then Booger, and then and then uh, Booger LSU loving uh, McFarland. We're not going to talk about the Florida State AD comments because I expect that. I expect you to be you know talking about your university. You support your university, yeah. I get it. I'm not mad about that. And here's what happened. If you look at the stats and what happened with Jordan Travis, they averaged almost 500 yards a game and over 40 points a game with him behind center. The second he left, they went to 20 points a game and 250 yards per game. You, it's funny nobody wants to mention that. I mention it all the time, and the people are like, "Oh, so he, so you're telling me he should win the Heisman?" No, because Jaden Daniels carried LSU for the entire season. Like y'all can't tell me he point that we were trying to make about and the point that we were trying to make about Florida State not making the playoffs was the fact that you lost the key cog that made you eleven and zero at the time. Yep, and you were dominating folks outside of North outside of the North Alabama. Everybody's had that. That was North Alabama for Florida State. The moment you lost Travis. That was the end of your chances to get in. Here it is. Because with the committee, this is the last year of the four. 
which means they were going to do what's best for business simply because of the last two times they put somebody in the college football playoff that was quote unquote deserving. They got blue. Yep. They earned it. They beat Michigan, but Michigan is Michigan. They're like, dang, that, that's nothing new. But the moment they got that conference and the moment they got that national championship, wax that ass, tell it, show me what I'm working with. What? It, so I, I, here's what I'll say on that regard. And, and TCU found out uh, it's a long road, and, and pardon my language here, but it is a long road from the shithouse to the penthouse. Yeah. But that fall back down is quick. Yeah, <laughs> that ball is quick. Yeah. Anyways, Florida State stats with Jordan Travis behind center: forty points per game, four hundred fifty-two yards per game. Without Jordan Travis, twenty points per game, two hundred twenty-two yards per game. You literally cut your production in half. Yeah, like, and, and he should not be the Heisman because Jaden Daniels marched LSU and, and just dominated that whole thing. But here, here's what I will say: I expect the ACC commissioner to make his comments. I get that; no issue with that at all. What I take, or the FSU AD, sorry, what I what I think is hilarious, for those who don't know, like I said, like we were saying, there should have been a 12-team playoff this year, but the ACC is one of the three conferences that postponed it for 16 months to the point where now the 12-team playoff takes place next year. Yeah. Florida State would have been in this year and would have gotten their ass beat this year. Yeah, uh, because you don't have your starting quarterback, and you're terrified to call plays with Rodemaker and whoever the other guy is. But one that threw 55 yards in the, in the conference championship game against Louisville. Yeah, Louisville. Come on yeah. now. But so their commissioner says, "quote Their exclusion calls into question the selection process and whether the committee's own guidelines were followed, including the significant importance of being an undefeated Power Five conference champion." My heart breaks for the talented FSU student athletes and coaches and their passionate and loyal fans. Florida State deserved better. College football deserved better. Dog, this is your fault. <laughs> this is you're, your you're fault. You're talking about that in one instance. I'm talking about this in another instance. Mm-hmm. You know, well, two other instances. One, business. And two, they actually did uh, follow the guideline. They did. And if a meaningful player is out, that factor. yes. And if a meaningful player is out, because I took a screenshot of the guidelines because I was going back and forth with somebody about this. If meaningful injuries are a meaningful injuries are a factor if, if they affect the ability of your team to play. That's part of the guideline. Believe me, Travis was meaningful. Clearly, we looked at the numbers. I mean, it, it's absurd. So they y'all got beat. Yep. And some dude was like, all games matter. You know, you if somebody took a shot at us on Twitter, I don't care. I didn't justify it with the response. Uh, but it will Jack, now. What Jack Daniel? What what type of shot? We talking Jack Daniels? We talking like um? You're the liquor guy, okay, James? <laughs> okay, unlike unlike being. No, you yeah, man, I'm messing with it. But like, it, it's my thing is like he took a shot at saying like all games matter, called us a clown, and yeah, I, I don't care about that. What I do care about is like, look, just because you're salty doesn't mean that they're wrong. Like they were 100 in the right to make this decision by the logic that the undefeated teams should be in the playoff then Liberty should be number four and Florida State should be number three. And Dane Liberty, Madison should be up there. Mm-hmm. But when but when in God's but we don't want to talk about that. Yeah, but here's the thing though. When has the NCAA ever done anything with integrity and honor? Never they've done what's best for business. They're still legally a nonprofit, which is hilarious to me. But and the thing about it, I compared this to this. If anybody remembers the WWE 
uh, during the era of the authority with Triple H, Stephanie McMahon, Corporate Kane, J&J Security. And this was the early years of Seth Rollins when he sold out the shield, broke it up and went to, like and had the money in the bank, yada, yada, yada. He had mm-hmm. all that. The, and the moment when Daniel Bryan uh, beat John Cena for the WWE Championship, Triple H was the, uh, was the special guest referee. Randy Orton had the money in the bank contract. The authority did not want Daniel Bryan to be the main guy, be the face of the company. They didn't see fit. They didn't feel like he fit the nature of what they wanted the face of the company to be. A la Florida State without tra- Jordan Travis. So what did Triple H do? He pet after the win, after Brian won the WWE Championship, Florida State winning the ACC Championship, Triple H was like, uh-uh, pedigree, you go down, call in Randy Orton, Mr. Money in the Bank, Alabama, beat the number one, beat the number one team in the nation in Georgia, Cash in, you take away that championship from Daniel Bryan. You put Bama in over Florida State without Jordan Travis. And Triple H even said back then that was best for business. Yeah, it's business. That's business. where it kind of fits. It's be- you, Y'all thought the SEC wasn't going to be in the playoff? Are you kidding me? They really thought that. And y'all then really, like, someone want to say, really like, well, and someone want to say, you know, te- well, te- well, Texas is gonna be in the SEC next, next year. year next That's year. next year, man. We staying on business today, not next year. We'll do it next year too. But <laughs> I learned, yeah. Oh, okay, okay, DJ. I learned. I, I, learned to, I, lo- I know two sign languages. <laughs> That's an audio friendly moment right there. Which we I learned, we, I learned two sign languages now. We've talked about this a couple th- or a couple times. DK Metcalf trash talking and sign language is one of my favorite things in sports right now. You can't flag him. No. What are you going to do about it? Nothing. It, no, it's great. It's petty and it's smart. And I'm here it's for short every and second of it. I'm here for every second of it. Yep. Uh, but <laughs> anyway, awesome. let's keep it rolling. Back, yeah. to, Florida, back, to, Florida State, back to Florida State because I know we got to move on. Mm-hmm. Uh, the thing that most people keep trying to bring up, say, like, because they don't have their quarterback, they shouldn't get in. Now they're making this a whole entire joke. No, it's because your quarterback got hurt and the fact that you were never the same. People want to bring up, uh, like, 2014 with Ohio State. They never dropped off production. Right. Cardell jumped. Braxton Miller was the season, was the starting quarterback to begin the season. He got hurt. JT Barrett came in, picked up, um, picked up where it was left off. Then JT Barrett got hurt. Michigan game, I do believe Cardo Jones, like, out for the remainder of the season. Cardo Jones came in. His first start was the Big Ten Championship. Put up 59-0 against Wisconsin. This is And why. it was because of him and Zeke. We understand that. But the fact that the production never fell off is how Ohio State got into the playoffs Correct. that year. Correct. If Florida State never would have dropped off production, they Never would have missed a beat on scoring and dominating folks. They would be in, no questions asked. Their defense, yes, it's championship cal. Uh, it's championship caliber. So is Iowa's. The, huh? <laughs> so is Iowa's. But exactly. But because you could not score, and if we put you in the playoffs, in, a, in an instance where the NCAA is going to make money based off of the TV contracts, 
You got to be able to not only win and dominate, you got to put on a show. Mm -hmm. You have to. That's the business that college sports is in. It's an entertainment business. Yep. That excitement, that electricity, it's not all like it's never going to go back to the defensive days. It's not. So I get and they played who they played on their schedule. They did what they had to do. But because you lost your quarterback and the committee was going to think business first. Yep. You wasn't going to get in. Travis didn't get hurt. You was in. If y'all didn't miss a beat on offense, you would get in. Yeah, no. And speaking of business decisions, the Chargers no longer have a head coach. Yes. It's about to, we broke that team. My no. Jags, my Jags broke that team. <laughs> Bro, they were broken way before. My, they were broken no, way before. No. Did you hear they, some? They of, were broken before you got there. I'm saying, but did you hear about some of the things that the players are saying after that game? Some of the no. players were like, don't we look up some of the statements players are making after that game? We broke that team. <laughs> remember, I was remember that around that time. I see how we were getting beat by the Niners in the playoffs. Basically, we it was like we showed the reason why we shouldn't have got, we shouldn't have even been in there. And that leads me into what we're about to talk about now. You talk about your Jags like earlier, might not be the same team. You're gonna be long, uh, on like Lawrence Trevor or Trevorless for a while, mm -hmm. hopefully not too long of a while. Now Tre um, Trevor, he played last week. He'll be fine. He's playing tomorrow night. Yeah, he's fine. Which put, puts me on something real quick too. Before we but we got to touch on Lane Staley real quick because in, in before we get into injury stuff and news that surprised nobody, Lane Staley was fired. Not Lane Staley. That's the lead singer, Allison Chains. Um, Brandon Staley. Brandon Staley. <laughs> Shoot. Sorry, uh, Brandon Staley getting fired. Uh, it, it shocks nobody. Uh, it, you wasted oh, a year yeah. of Herbert's career. Herbert, it, it, it's you wasted your Herbert's you career. You wasted several years of Herbert's, several years career. Of Herbert's career. Do you know where they're at cap wise going into next year? Uh, is it better than the Rams? They are 42 million over the, the cap. most cap spaces are not good in Los Angeles right now. They have no cap, they're over already. In next year, I think they're projected to be at. Let me pull up cap space twenty twenty four. Yeah, if I remember correctly, they are. Uh, <laughs> their twenty twenty four salary cap. Uh, I believe it's over. So they have. Khalil Mack is supposed to make 17.5. Joey Bosa, 15. Keenan Allen, 18. Point is, the Chargers have next to no cap room. Uh, I think they have 3.9. Somebody said 42 million over. I don't know how accurate that is. Um, but they have almost 4 million in total cap available going into the 2024 season, which is nuts to me. Like, we're about to see a fire sale. They're about to burn this whole thing down. Y'all brought in J.C. Jackson, paid him nothing, or paid him a ton and of money. You let him go, and then he got you nothing, and you still got stuck with the next year part or the next year part of his contract. You pay Justin Herbert like a top, like the the top five QB. He's not, um, and then you you got Khalil Mack, who you're paying a ton of money to, Keenan Allen, you're paying a ton of money to, Joey Bosa, you're paying a ton of money to. You got Derwin James, who's going to be looking for a new contract soon. You got a lot of guys on this roster who are going to be looking for new contracts. You ain't even mentioned Asante Samuel Jr. Not yet, because he's going to play on his rookie deal, I think, for another year. But yep. you've got – there's so much cap issues you're about to have on this team. And you're not winning. No. So now you you burn the whole thing to the ground and just start the rebuild. Chargers fans, y'all, start the rebuild, pick your top three centerpieces, and then just 
burn it down. Yep. But anyway, what's done is done. Uh, yeah. For those like that, I would say, like, you don't wish nobody to lose their job. I'm sorry. I'm the type of person that's like, if you're not doing the exact job you're getting paid to do, you got to go. Forget the whole sadness. Don't want you to lose your job. Feed your family. Um, when I want a job um, done, I find someone with a job, job to do, to do the job. job. Yo, this, we got, like, understand this. We understand you got to feed your family, but this is business. Other people got to feed their families, too. Mm-hmm. There's only 32 of you in the world, uh, NFL head coaches. There's 32 of you in the world, and there's so many people who want your role. And if you're not producing, you're gone. They're I'm saying sorry, Ron Rivera may be enough, gone, too. And if you're smart enough, you know how to say, you know how to say the NFL checks? You got yeah. an agent, you should be able to say them checks. You'll be fine. Oh, what was that? They did a, um, what was it, the 30 for 30 broke thing. What was it? Save your checks, count your money. <laughs> I don't remember exactly what he said, but I mean, watch the 30 for 30 broke thing. It was great. But like, it's the biggest thing with it. Like, I'm not surprised it happened. It's been a long time coming. It should have happened after they blew the 27 point lead to the Jaguars. And especially the way that they did it. Like, it should have happened. It should have happened. And but, just like, Bro, you're defensive-minded head coaches, and how many times do I have to keep bringing this up? Defensive-minded head coaches are going extinct. Ron, this, Ron, this league is not built on defense anymore. Ron not Rivera saying might that be you can't coach, because we look at Dan Campbell. He's not an offensive-minded coach. Nope. John Arbaugh, he's a special teams guy. But Mike Thomas still finds ways to win games, even though he, like, he got a game tonight, and nobody's really going to care about it because neither team got a quarterback. So no, it's really a move point at that one. But he still finds ways to win games. But like you look at it, Offensive-minded head coaches, they know how to solve a bunch of problems when it comes to the offensive, when it comes to the offensive side of the ball. Mm-hmm. Defensively, you just gotta let the DC be the DC. Yep. Here's my question. So do we think Antonio Pierce stays as the head coach of the Raiders? Well, let's look at the market and let's understand who the uh GM of the Raiders are. It like is. This uh, man just dropped 63 points on the Chargers. Yeah, but like yeah, but here's the thing though. With Aiden O'Connell. Isn't that like remember do you do you still remember who the head of the interim head coach was for the Raiders when they beat when they beat those same Chargers to get to the playoffs? And that was going toe-to-toe and when they, and they had Derek Carr going toe-to-toe with Joe Burrow when they did something. Yeah. They didn't oh. give him the job. Well, and I said it too. They should have given him the job. Yeah. I, I was saying, here's what I was saying. I'm going to say so what do you think is going to happen. I'm saying what should happen. Do you think yeah. that he should but, have the job? Yeah, but you're asking me You're asking me what should happen mm-hmm. about doing the right thing for both business and for an obvious standpoint when it comes to the Raiders. But you got to understand who the GM is because or the owner is because you're never going to tell your billionaire how to spend their money. Now, I know. We've said that time and time again. Like, there's, two, there's two things. Number one, the head Pierce, he's black. Number two, he's an interim. He's not a big name. And you're in Vegas. So the owner's going to think, what's going to be the biggest attraction? The biggest attraction would be the Raiders are winning. That's how you draw people in. And you got Adams, you got stars on the team that you can draw an attraction to. You can't sell tickets over there. You ain't got to worry about who the heck your head coach is. If you got a guy that's on your team that can lead men, then everything else will take care of itself. So to answer your question, they should let him be the head coach, depending on how he finishes throughout the rest of the season. 
But my two points to own there, they still they still hold weight. He's black, and we gotta know the history of the and we gotta know the history of the owner and how he makes decisions. It it would be smart for them to keep him as the head coach, especially the way he's turned this team around very, very quickly. But also to go from scoring three points to sixty-three in yep. a week is pretty substantial. All okay. But remember, but remember, it's NFL owners. We know how to, a lot we know how a lot of them think. We got to talk about two things, too, real quick. Justin Fields is going to earn his spot going into next year if he keeps playing like he's playing. True. So I don't see them taking a quarterback. And with the number one overall pick, if you're smart, you trade that back for a King's Ransom pick. Yeah. That, I have been saying it for weeks, and everyone's like, you don't know what you're talking about. They're going to take Caleb Williams. Eh. Like, no. Fields is fine. Give Fields another year and see what happens. And then uh-huh. we – and then we look at um oh what was it? Somebody made a comment about who's the softer QB. And it was between Mahomes, Trevor Lawrence, Mac Jones, and uh oh, somebody else. And first of all, Trevor not only sprained his knee and then played a Monday night game on it. A lot of that a lot of that's just hate on that point because Trevor oh, I know. Lawrence, Mahomes he missed Mahomes, a game. That, Mahomes was that was just a bad that was just a bad look. That was, I mean, that was just a bad look. He should not have had an outrage like that. No. How many other people have actually gone through positive things going towards him and went neg- negative on him? So he shouldn't. Have, he shouldn't have raged about no, that. No, that was whiny. I get it, but it was obvious. He was like Tony was was like was over the line. Tony. Um, okay, and we'll talk about that. Mac briefly. Jones. He didn't have an OC his second year. He had a DC. That's Bill Belichick's fault. Mm. He stuck with Bill Belichick. And not to mention, again, I mentioned this again. Bill O'Brien is his offensive coordinator. For the love of God, somebody get the bills away from Mac Jones. For the love of God, no more man. bills. bills. No more bills. No but more like, bills. No more bills. But like, if you look at it, the Buffalo Bills, the Bill Belichick, the Bill O'Brien. <laughs> Belichick Jr. Well, Belichick Jr. It, it's crazy, man. But like, it, we'll we'll talk about Mahomes real quick. The people, Celia and I were talking about this as a former receiver. The first thing you do and the first thing you were ever taught if you were unsure is look to the line judge and yep. stick your arm out. Yep. And if, you, and if you're supposed to be off the line, he'll tell you you're off. If you're supposed to be on the line, he'll tell you if you're on or not. And if you're if you're too far forward, he'll be like, hey, back up a little bit. That's literally what you, you stick your arm out and you do that. And people are like, well, he did it and the judge didn't tell him. Yeah, he did it while he's not looking. Like, how are you supposed to look at the judge like – tell you if you're going to move or not. Like, that's on Tony. Tony was close enough to Von Miller where Von could have whispered in his ear and told him he was offsides. Like, that's, like, this is ridiculous. And then Mahomes to not even say good game, to walk up to Josh and say, that was the worst effing call I've ever seen in my life. Uh, and just kind of like uh, talk about it for a week and a half to the point where then Andy Reid has to come out and, you know, stand with his quarterback. And then he said, well, yeah, Tony was offsides and we're going to, we're going to teach him to train or uh, to check with the line judge now. Like, you were taught that at, from like middle school ball. Like I learned that when, I learned that when I was ten. <laughs> yeah, from jump. You were taught that from Jump Street. Yeah, I learned that when I was ten. Like, what are you talking about? It's just dumb. And then I guess they can't afford ceiling tiles in there. I don't know if you saw that, but <laughs> the ceiling tile fall during Chris Jones's interview. Uh, look, I don't know what's going on. That was a soft, like a Charmin ultra soft look from Mahomes right there. Tony was offsides. Was it a great play? Absolutely. 
Should it have counted? No, because he lined up with the defensive line. Yeah. Okay, so my take is which job would be the most attractive, the Chargers or the Panthers? The Panthers, they don't have a first-round pick for a while, given their certain situation. Um, With the Chargers, they have no cap, even though they do have a lot of weapons, and you have a franchise quarterback in Justin Herbert. Herbert has top-five talent. He's just not a top-five quarterback because the production has not followed just yet. Until then, he's just not that. I think he's going to happen in due time with them because he is immensely talented. However, the talent and the production has not followed what we all thought would happen with him. That's just how the game goes as far as on that standpoint. With the Panthers, they are going to have some picks. They don't have no talent, nor an offensive line. Therefore, the number one pick, Bryce Young, he's getting killed. It's as simple as that. A lot of people want to call him a bust. I feel like a lot of people that want to call him a bust are just the people that just really hate Alabama. And can Bryce play better? I'm going to be honest with you, no, he can't. I don't think he can, given the circumstances and the team that he has around him. Like, you can't play no better than that. And for those that want to compare the whole C.J. Stroud thing, C.J. Stroud, he got better weapons than what, like, Bryce Young got. He got a better offensive line than what Bryce Young got because at least, like, C.J. Stroud got Laramie Tunzel. Bryce Young ain't got none of that. So, like, you got to take it with a grain of salt. I feel like once Bryce finally gets some weapons and a decent offensive line and a much better coach, because I'm not saying Frank Reich is a bad coach. I just don't think it worked out. And there was only so much that they could really do. So, it is what it is. Um, if I had to choose, I, I would lean towards the Chargers being uh, like, okay, if – Let's go season by season. Let's go. Let's go next season. Next season, the better job would be the Chargers. If we're talking a season, you need to get a coach in here to be the reason this team can win the division and challenge for the Super Bowl next year. Because you don't have a whole lot of money. You don't have money in general with the Chargers. You just got to be able to get this team over the hump, win the division and then challenge for a Super Bowl. I don't believe that's at, like that's one instance. If we're talking about like trying to win now, you need to get a coach that's going to be capable to be able to win now. That'll be more that'll be the better job. The long-term job to build up for is definitely is most definitely going to be um the Carolina Panthers because you're building a team from scratch. You're building a team that does I believe has a quarterback you just need time to be able to get everything else around them. So that's a project type team where I would say that would be a better team, a better job because you get time to be able to build it up and get it in the way and be able to build a culture and build it the way that you want to. Honestly. Yeah. I mean, I think you're right. If you're thinking long-term, then it's going to be the Panthers. If you want a short-term success, you just want to make a name for yourself real quick and then fade into oblivion, go to the chargers. There's one job we got to think about, too, that's about to potentially become available, uh, and that's the Commanders. They're saying Rivera might get fired at the end of the season. Yeah. And if Rivera gets fired at the end of the season, I think the Commanders is the most attractive job. Well, because the, are the Commanders going to get EB the job? If 
see they're probably going to keep it open i don't know if they're going to give it right to ev but but also one thing you have to take into account too is uh 2024 like nfl cap because then you've got free agencies and stuff like that like you need to kind of keep an eye on those things as well if you look at the teams in 2024 with the most cap space it's the commanders the commanders have the most cap space going into next year so if the commanders fire Ron Rivera, which they very well might, I think the most attractive job is going to be the commanders because the Chargers act no, here it is. The char I was right. The Chargers currently have negative forty-two million dollars in cap space for twenty twenty-four if the salary cap doesn't change. And that's wild. I honestly I'm gonna I'm I'm gonna disagree. I don't I wouldn't touch the Chargers team. Because it's going to be a long-term rebuild as well. It's just a year behind the Panthers. The Panthers have $40 million in cap. They're about to let Brian Burns walk, in my opinion, because dude has not produced. So I think the Commanders, if Rivera gets fired, is the most attractive job on the market. Okay, so I was just going off the two teams between the Panthers and the Commanders. I got you, I got you. Yeah, I didn't go because I was comparing the two. Both have franchise, like, like look to have franchise quarterbacks with Bryce Young being the number one mm-hmm. overall pick and Justin Herbert, who's already established himself as one of the most talented players in the league. Mm-hmm. Uh, with the commanders, they don't have their guy unless they truly believe Sam, unlike Sam Howell is that guy. But um, shoot, given You're how given how um, I don't know their position in the draft, but this is such a quarterback deep heavy draft. Um, they could possibly get their, they could possibly get their guy because Washington got some weapons. Um, they just haven't had a consistent. Uh, they just haven't had an offensive line. So it's going to be very interesting to see where the Commanders are going to go, especially in the draft. Whether they're going to go if, quarterback or they're going to go offensive line because the offensive line was not good this year. If the draft, if the draft, if the league were to end today, here is your top ten. Number one, Chicago Bears. Number two, New England Patriots. Who will be taking a quarterback? Number three. They're getting Drake May. They're getting a quarterback. Number three. Oh, yeah. Number three, Arizona Cardinals. Number four, Washington Commanders is number four. They might get you. And then Chicago Chicago Bears at number five. Giants. They might go off as a line. Giants at six. Raiders at seven. Titans at eight. Titans, your garbage. Uh, Jets at nine, and Chargers at ten. Well, we don't know if Chicago is going to trade down or not, so that's an instance. But if they stay there, they're going to go Caleb Williams. And they're trading they down might... to number one. We'll see. They're absolutely trading down to the number one. And my, I, I think they're going to rock with Justin Fields for another year. They're going to trade out of the number one, and they're going to get a literally just get a litany of picks to bolster that offensive line to give more depth at the running back position. Because that's the only reason Deontay Foreman's starting right now is because everybody else is hurt. So get a depth at running back position. Get a true offensive number. Mm-hmm, off, I said offensive line. No, true number two, wide receiver. Because Darnell Mooney's a slot guy. Get a yeah. true number two. And then you get um, running back depth. And then you bolster the defensive line. And then you got a team. <laughs> Bears are closer than people think. 
Eberflus can if he can close out the season strong. Bears are closer than they or than they think. That's the only thing about it. I don't trust Eberflus. I think he'll be all right, but I, I think the Commanders with a top five pick. Uh, the Panthers don't have a first round pick, and the Chargers have a top ten pick of the thing ends today. I honestly wouldn't touch. I, I would go for the Panthers. Just between the two, take the Commanders out of the equation. I'm with you. I go Panthers. Yep. Because I, I, I would like because I'm just talking about long term. Long term, mm-hmm. I'm going oh, Panthers. Yeah. So oh. and this this is just ten. Mahomes has been fined fifty thousand dollars, and Andy Reid has been fined a hundred thousand dollars for their comments. Makes sense. Yep. You're like you, you're gonna get fined for talking about the refs. That's just how it goes. Like oh, uh, the the Vikings know. the Vikings just blew that lead. It went to overtime. Yeah. I saw it. Oh my god. Yeah, I'm gonna feel go shout out shout out um Evan McPherson. Atta boy. Go Gators, man. But like, it, it's uh, one of the few things we could be proud of. Uh but I just dude, I don't know. I I I trust the Panthers more than I trust the Chargers at this point, just because I feel well, like there's more building blocks. There has been a lot of rumors circulating with that front office that a lot a lot, a lot of people are telling like coaches like some coaches do not come here. Because of the owner, but we don't really know a full amount of detail. Yeah, certain amount of people know. So I think I think I think there's a lot of organizations that got their own red flags uh, with that. So we'll see. Um, Speaking of red flags, we got to talk about everybody freaking out over Cam Newton's comments. It ain't even much everybody freaking out. It's mainly everybody that's getting on to him and like, dog. Uh, go ahead, go ahead, and talk about it because like you I'm and I, get ticked, Oh, you good? I, I'm, 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 I know I'm gonna get ticked off. Because people gonna literally, people gonna make me defend Cam Newton. Here, here's what I will say, and I, Cam, Cam is right because in that video he posted where he's clarifying his comments, there's nothing wrong with being a game manager. It's not a bad thing. It's not. It's not a bad thing at all. You rely on the talent and the abilities around you. And what does everybody say when the offense is struggling? You get the ball into the hands of your playmakers. Yes. You get the ball into your running back, into your your McCaffrey's hands, your Debo, your Ayuk's hands, into your Justin Jefferson's, or your, you know, if you're talking about Peyton Manning, even you, Marvin Harrison, Reggie Wayne, Dallas Clark. You want to talk about Brady? Talk about the litany of receivers he's played with. Yeah, all those guys have talented. And also players. the litany of receivers that he was able to make really good by just teaching and just teaching them all the games. Tell you, you Deion you, Branch, you, Troy you, Brown. I'm gonna get, I'm gonna get, the, I'm gonna get the ball in your hands. Just get over here. Same thing with Peyton Manning. They were, um, they were like, students of the game, and they they knew the right calls to make when when the game's on the line. I would rather. I, I feel like I actually might rather have a game manager, a true top five game manager, because this guy will do the right things. He's going to move the ball down feet. It's going to protect the football. And with two minutes left, we're down seven points. Give me the game manager for the game changer because the game changer, you're Josh Allens, you're Lamars, like Cam Newton said, you're Patrick Mahomes. They're not always going to get it done. Josh Allen may throw, uh, may fumble the ball or throw an interception on the drive. Yeah. Like, it's like, there's nothing wrong with being either one of them. And to take a shot at these not, guys. It's like the certain category that they fit in, but like yeah. people, 
people nowadays don't like cat don't like being categorized in anything. No. Also, the other thing why I like so many people were so outraged uh, outraged about the fact that he he was the one that said it is because he's the one that said it. Not a lot of people like Cam Newton. I'm one of the people that don't because like do went to Auburn and Mississippi State, but that's just another reason for out, like outside of that. But just the manner of trolls and people that's going after him. Like it's ticking, it's ticking me off because like he didn't say not one darn thing wrong. Yeah, he put uh Brock Purdy in that uh, like conversation because he fit that. He's it's a not, game like, manager. He's not a bad Brock. Brock Purdy's not a bad quarterback. No, uh, he's just a guy that literally fits the definition of what a game manager is. Right. You're not making mistakes. You're following the game plan every which way. You're following the script as long as it goes. And you're getting the ball in the hands of your like of your play of your playmakers. Of your playmakers. Now make, are you doing making, some, are you, now are you doing some extra stuff to be able to get it because you're not taking sacks. You're able to escape and like make some other plays. But at the end of the day, you're still getting the ball in the hands of your playmakers and you're following the script. And now he's taking it to a, now he has taken a Shanahan's offense to another level. I give him that because he's doing some things that Trey Lance ain't do. Jim, uh, like Jimmy, like um, Jimmy Garoppolo hasn't done, and given if they're able to make the Super Bowl, we could finally say he's about to do something that Matt Ryan could not do. Yeah, and I mean honestly, the thing with like, there's nothing wrong with being a game manager. A game manager sits down and you know puts the read team play, read play, follow the line, make the right. You like game elite game managers are the one that all like you can always trust to make the yep. right decisions. And it, it's it, to go back to quote Dan Mullen too, like the people who talk about oh well you know all the game uh all the game changers are all like athletic fast quarterbacks. Okay, well you don't have to be a good runner, you just have to be a willing runner. Case in point yeah. with Trevor Lawrence. Trevor Lawrence is a game manager. He's an elite game manager, but he's a game manager. He he knows yeah. what to do. He makes the right reads, and he knows when to tuck it and run. He knows when to do the right things, and if he needs two extra yards, he's going to lower his shoulder and run somebody over. But like when that, you talk about the game, like the game changers mm-hmm. in that aspect, the ones at the quarterback position, he had the list right because like Lamar. game game Patrick Mahomes, game Josh Allen, like uh, like the inferior Josh Allen Junior. We understand. Look. When we look at game changers, when I look at them, I look at game changers at the quarterback position as being guys doing whatever it takes to, well, not even whatever it takes. I look at game changers as players that when when stuff goes down, when the script ain't working, Mm -hmm. when the play blows up, can you bail them out? That's how I look at it. I guess at that point you can call Trevor Lawrence a game changer because he I guess he. I don't know which category he fits into yet. I, I call him. I call him a game changer. I do. I, I do consider Trevor Lawrence being a game changer because you throw three picks, you're most likely going to get mentioned. He ain't going to come back from that. That's true. He no, threw three true. picks that's in true, a playoff right? game, and he found a way to get back. That's yeah. a game changer, and that's, that's him. True. That wasn't yeah. easy. Now, Etienne, he ran the ball. He ran the ball and got you the first down in the field goal range. But the touchdowns that would be on sixteen. Mm-hmm. Now that's true. So, yeah, there's a small amount of game, legitimate certified game changers in that instance where when stuff breaks down and it don't go right, can you bail them out? Can you pull a rabbit out of your out of your behind? Mm-hmm. More times than not, it can't just be one or two times. It sometimes got to be like five or six times. Yep. Like where the defense coordinator and the opposing fan base got to say, "There's nothing you can do. There's literally yep. nothing you can do." 
That's what a game changer is to me. That's what a game changer is to me. It literally. And there's like, only a small handful. There's only a small, like, two finger full of those guys. And those and guys, those guys rotate too, and it's at different positions too. Like game changers at the corner position. Like a, a case in point. Like there, if we if we go back to the Jaguars Patriots game, uh, AFC playoff game 2014, 2017? 2017. AFC play, yeah, AFC playoff game twenty seventeen championship game. It's Patriots and uh, Jaguars, and Brady or er, Bortles threw a perfect ball to Marquise Lee. And yep. Gilmore got his hand in there. Yep. I can't be mad at that. I saw that. I'm like, that's just good defense. But ball, like, ball couldn't have been thrown better. Route was ran perfectly. It was right in the perfect spot. And Gilmore just got there. And you can't be mad at that. Guys like that, like that, you know, the guy's a game changer. When you see it happen, you're like, I, yeah. Just, <laughs> what what else are you going to do? What are you going to do? You can do? That's what, that's what makes it. That's what that, makes it there. So, so I, I, love- I agree with Cam. I agree with Cam. I'm a guy that loves to troll Cam Newton. I've always been that. Mm-hmm. But I can't, like, when he when he tells the truth, I give folks credit. Mind you, I just hated that people had to make me come and defend Cam Newton. How you going to make the Bama guy come defend Cam after he beat Bama in his last game in Auburn? <laughs> Even Cam already admitted that, like, Auburn's little brother, so we good. Yeah, he knows. He knows. But, like, that's just so where I'm at with it, man. I, yeah, I, I agree with Cam. All right, man. Well, we're about running up on 45 minutes. You got anything else you want to get into? Oh, uh, yeah. Uh, mentioned earlier, you mentioned the Seahawks are going to beat the Eagles come Monday night football. I think they will. I think DK. I, I, think- I said on Sports at the Dark, and I've said on numerous occasions, mm-hmm. my Seahawks are done. They're done. The season's over. Um... There's too much turmoil, turmoil going on right now in that locker room. It's already been stated. And for the first time in Pete Carroll's career, he had to throw out, he had to literally throw out names on a radio show. Jamal Adams. Um, I forgot who else, but I know he mentioned Jamal Adams being one of the guys that got to play better. Pete Carroll's never done that. And one of his golden rules is protect the team on and off the field. And once that happened, I'm like, his time brought up. I already lost trust in Pete Carroll after the Super Bowl when he didn't get the ball to Marshawn Lynch. <laughs> Marshawn lost in that, too. Mind, mind you, Pete Carroll is a defensive-minded head coach. Since 2017, our defense has been bottom tier on a consistent basis. Mm-hmm. We went through three DCs. We went through three offensive coordinators. All of them, only one has gotten a head coaching job. Everybody else has just gotten mediocre jobs, and some of them haven't been hired. What that tells me, those hires that Pete Carroll made, they're just put, uh, they, like, what did you call it? Placeholders, parents, like, um, somebody, somebody called it something like um, a placeholder. No, some, I, I forgot what it's called. But uh, just stand, like a standby or just like a puppet. Oh, figurehead. Huh? Like a figurehead type thing? No, not that. It's like basically it's just somebody that's at that position, but you know who's in charge. They just got the position, but they really don't run anything. I got you. That's what those hires meant and like kind of got me. Pete Carroll, the game passes prime. 
Yeah, I'll give you that. It, it, it's, it's done. It's over. He gets out coached every year. And without Russell Wilson, he's 0-5 against San Francisco and Kyle Shanahan. He's old, he's one and six, I believe, without Russell Wilson going against the Rams or Sean McVay. He cannot outcoach nobody. And he keeps wanting to be able to run the ball and play great defense. You're 0 for 2. Because we haven't been able to run the ball. We haven't had a hundred yard rusher since the Washington Commanders game. And that was a while ago. We've lost five straight. Scratch that. We lost four straight. First time in his career. People want to get him the benefit of the doubt. No, I'm done. That Georgia Southern lost five straight, but that's a different conversation. Um, I'm, done. I'm done. Because now, guess what? If the season ended today, we got the 13th overall pick. We have no quarterback to build off of going forward. If the things go the way they are, there's a strong possibility Pete Carroll could either retire, resign, or get fired, and we could possibly get a top 10 pick. If we get in that top 10 pick range, we can get a quarterback. There. I will so say. That's what I'm saying. Mm-hmm. I'm a root for my Seahawks, but if I had to choose whether to win or lose, Eagles win. Fair enough. The Eagles need that win more than we do. Fair enough. If I we think already my, got swept by the Rams. We ain't going to the playoffs. I Season think, is over. I think my Jags are about to be in an offensive shootout with the Ravens this week. Possibly. I think so. But like y'all, y'all can't get cream like I did against the Niners. No, 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 no. We can't have that. That's something we can't have. And, and we can't do that. The defense needs to play better, and the offense needs to actually press Taylor when things don't go to plan. Starts panicking and starts making terrible decisions like I don't I, I won't get too into it I, I I want press Taylor shows flashes of brilliance and then he does what he did against Cleveland and it's I, I don't I don't understand I don't know how you can be both I just so my team to win it's all I need it's all I'm looking for I need my Jags to win I got a Georgia Southern loss today. This is one of the worst quarterback performances we've had in a long time this season. Last question, mm-hmm. and I think it's about uh, I think it's about time we ask it. Mm-hmm. Why, in God's name, did y'all draft Trayvon Walker number one overall? I'll tell you why. So Trayvon, the thing that I actually I've grown to like it, and if you just look at the box numbers. You don't see what else he brings. Dude isn't used in pass rush all the time. He's used to stop the run and set the edge. And he does that phenomenally. We have a top 10 run defense this year. Josh Allen's a pass rusher. Trayvon Walker is going to be your your run stopping back or your run stopping end. So I, I actually respect his game a lot. And I don't, I, I've grown to not hate the pick. I like, I, I like his game. I like what he brings. And as somebody who watches the game every week, I see what that is. He wasn't brought in. That's that wasn't his job at Georgia either. His job at Georgia wasn't to rush the passer. His job was to set the edge and stop the run. And that's why they moved him all over the damn line. Sorry. So they moved him all over the line. It, it's his his job isn't to get to the quarterback every single down. Josh Allen is that guy. That's why Josh Allen is either one or two sacks off the franchise record. That's why Josh Allen's about to get paid. It. Trayvon Walker does get to the quarterback. He does get pressure. He does have a good pass rush win rate, but he's 
better in run support and run defense, which is something I've grown to really appreciate about his game. And he's still raw. We knew that going in. We drafted him based on his athletic talent and abilities. And if he could learn from Josh Allen um, and kind of grow from that and learn from guys like Roy and uh, learn from some of the other guys on that line, he's going to be dangerous. All right. So that's how I feel about it. All right, man. Let's go and wrap it up. Uh, Thank you guys for listening. We really do appreciate it. Thank you guys for the patience. Uh, this episode around the holiday season, I think last year too, we got a little off around the holiday season. It's just a busy time of work for both of us. Um, but thank you guys for listening. We really do appreciate it. If you like the show, what you can do is let us know with five-star reviews, five-star comments, you know, all that fun stuff. Tell your friends, tell your crazy uncle, you know, you're sitting on the Christmas tree. What you want for, what, what do you want for Christmas is exactly what we want for Christmas. We want everybody to learn about our new podcast. That's what we're doing. <laughs> I tell everybody about your new favorite podcast. Every one of your relative stockings, I want a note in there to say to check out this show. Um, Another thing that's coming to Christmas. Exactly. You said another thing that's coming to Christmas? What's that? You forgot when your boy's birthday was? You know I'm messing with you, man. (laughs) I'm going to tell you happy birthday on your birthday. (laughs) I'm going to do it now. We, We a little early. We a little early. Honestly, too, that's why I got Facebook. That's the entire reason why I still keep it is for the people whose birthdays Bro, I don't remember. That's right. That's right. That's <laughs> Facebook has saved me so many times, but we won't get into that. And you'll never know who y'all are. But thank you guys for listening. <laughs> Tell everyone about the show. Tell Jalen happy birthday in the comments and the retweets and stuff like that. Best way to find us is on Twitter at TDSN pod. It's the best place to interact with us. I'm in charge of the Twitter page. If you guys haven't figured it out by all the pro Jaguar stuff. Um, if they have any beef with comments I make, come at me, uh, uh, other shows you guys to check out. And this is basically what we do for shout outs as well. Um, anybody who retweets a show or shares the show or rates it five stars gets a shout out. Uh, so I'm going to shout out Jim over fan of the van. Go check out Brent and Dave of 1420 sports. Go check out Aaron or, uh, Aaron over brutally honest. Go check out the guys at the BS in sports podcast, Go check out chill takes, uh, on TikTok. I think he's got his podcast back up and running too now. If I remember correctly, he's like he's actually flying. I talked to him a while ago. He's actually uh, like he was flying a float. I think he's heading. Uh, I think he's heading in Vegas or somewhere. I forgot. My man's busy. Uh, go check out the We Like Sports podcast. Go check out Average Joe Sports. Uh, if you're into wrestling, go check out John or Wrestling Fan Insight. If you're looking for one of the best Twitter spaces to be in to talk about sports, here's some crazy things. Go check out Sports After Dark. Buy the hoodie. Um, I know I need to. I'm gonna get it before the end of the month. I promise, guys. I'm gonna get one. one. I'm gonna get one. I'm going to get them by the end of the month. I promise guys. Uh, but go, go, go buy the hoodie. Uh, they don't pay me to say that. It, it's just a, it's a dope hoodie. <laughs> it's a dope hoodie. Uh, but go check all their stuff out. Go, go hop in their Twitter space. Listen to me or Jalen whenever we get a chance to chime in there. Um, if you're looking to gamble, go check out Nate's daily wager or the you bet smart show. Uh, go check out visit Vegas places. If you're looking for something to do in Vegas. Um, and I believe that's it. So thank you. Thank you. Thank you guys. And as always, we'll see you next time. Peace.